0: Chapter 40 of Laramie Holds the Range by Frank Spearman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Chapter 40. Bradley Rides Hard. The evening was spent at Bell's. Lefevre came in late with congratulations. He told them about his trip and the wonders. I'll bet you're glad to get back to Sleepy Cat," objected Bell. Lafever pointed a serious, almost accusing finger at her. "Thank you for saying it, Bell. And that's never hintin' the Panhandle's not a good country. Not a bit of it. But just the same, I'm glad to get back to my own. There's no place like hell, Jim, is there? Especially if you've got friends there. You know that." You ought to be ashamed, John Lefevre, to say such things, exclaimed Belle indignantly. But nothing could check Lefevre's spirits. His laugh was contagious. I am, Belle, I am. I want you to feel that I am. And you came back across the sinks, interposed Laramie. We did, responded John, starting all over again. And I want to tell you the sinks are picking up. There's a better class of people going in. I was laid up at Thief River, something I ate. I felt pretty bad. How do you feel now? Laramie asked. Why, not very good to tell the truth. I had a kind of a sleepy night. You wouldn't believe it, Jim, but there's quite a town at Thief River. And the sisters here at Sleepy Cat have got a little hospital going. They treated me fine. Everybody, in fact, seemed to take an interest in getting me on my feet. There's an awful nice undertaker there i forget his name but he knew henry Spain well said he had done a good deal of business for henry off and on when he could get the coffins he sent some flowers over to me at the hospital with his card i sent back my own card wrote not yet when we were leaving i went over to thank him and tell him i was sorry i hadn't been able to throw him a job even then i didn't feel i could logically say good-bye to an undertaker i just said au revoir The two men afterward joined Soddy at the mountain house. In the morning, breakfasting together early, Soddy and Lefevre with Laramie walked in the bright sunshine down to Kitchen's barn to saddle up and ride across the river to look at some horses. Laramie stopped at Bell's to see whether he could get Kate to go over with them, and while Soddy went on to the barn, Lefevre waited at Bell's gate to find out whether Kate was going when laramie came to the door after a few moments to say that kate would go lefevre stood outside the gate looking intently into the north somebody from the crazy woman he observed as laramie joined him must have an urgent call in town this morning he was watching what appeared to be little more than a speck on the northern horizon but even at that distance it was moving fast lefevre walked over to Kitchens to order the fourth horse. Rejoining Laramie he found him still at the gate, and when Kate, fresh as the morning, appeared, the two men, though talking of indifferent things, had their eyes fixed on a horseman galloping at breakneck speed down the long slope of the northern divide. He was now less than a mile away, and the dust thrown from his horse's hoofs rose evenly behind him in the stillness of the sunshine he must pass the barn to reach town kate asked a question it may be one of your father's horses mused lefevre aloud and it rides something like old bill bradley still pushing his speed to the limit and cutting in reckless fashion the turns of the open road the rider drew rapidly nearer they could see he was hatless and coatless and urging his horse it's bradley declared lefevre decisively laramie said nothing kate instinctively drew closer to him the horseman disappeared at that moment behind the railroad icing plant the next he whirled with a sharp clatter of hoofs into main street and dashing past carpies pulled his foaming horse to its haunches in front of kitchen's barn mcalpin and soddy were leading the four saddle ponies to the stable door the group at bell's gate could not hear what bradley shouted but they saw mccalpin start Saudie, too spoke quick and pointed with his words across the way bradley jerked his panting horse around and spurred toward bell's gate the old man his thin hair flying and his bloodshot eyes bulging reined up before laramie with his arms out to speak but the ride and the excitement had been too much his features worked convulsively but he could not utter a word for god's sake bill cried lefevre catching his arm and jerking him what's up bradley his eyes glued on laramie got back his voice it's barb jim he shouted wildly tom stone shot him this morning kate's sharp cry rang in laramie's ears he caught her in his arm Bell ran out, only adding to the confusion with her scream. Lafever joined, now by Sawdy and McAlpin, who had hurried over, got Bradley off his horse into a chair on the porch, refreshed him with water, and steadied his whiskey-wrecked nerves with whiskey. Stone and Van Horn came over from Van Horn's early. Bradley told his hearers brokenly, "They asked for Barb, and he was down at the creek." Barb had sent Bradley about a mile below the house to repair a small break in the irrigation ditch and had ridden down to show him what he wanted done. After giving instructions, he had started back to the house. Before he got far, Stone and Van Horn met him. Bradley heard voices up the creek, but paid no special attention to them and busied himself with his job. Some minutes later, he heard the voices again, LOUD AND ANGRY, AS THEY WERE CLOSE BY, BRADLEY, SHOVEL IN HAND, WALKED ALONG THE DITCH BANK TO WHERE HE COULD SEE WHAT WAS UP. THEY ALL GOT OFF THEIR HORSES, CONTINUED BRADLEY, AND WERE STANDING NOT FUR APART. I WAS CLOSE TO THE WILLOWS ALONG THE DITCH. FOR YOU COULD SAY JACK ROBINSON, STONE AND VAN Horn SNAPPED AT THEIR GUNS AND BEGUN TO SHOOT. THE OLD MAN WAS GAME, BOYS, BUT HE DIDN'T HAVE NO SHOW. "'He managed to get his gun out. "'Both men a-shooting at him. "'Both!' echoed Laramie bitterly. "'Saudi swore a withering oath. "'Is my father dead?' cried Kate in agony. "'Not yet,' replied Bradley disconcertingly. "'We must get Carpy up there quick. "'Hunt him up, will you, John?' said Laramie to Lefevre. "'Hold on,' interposed Bradley. "'Carp is there for this.' I met him driving north, and he put right out for the ranch. Couldn't you do something while they were trying to murder Father? sobbed Kate, wringing her hands as she appealed to Bradley. Why, what could I do? stared Bradley. I didn't have no gun. Kelly and me got the wagon down and picked Barb up and got him to the house. He told me to put him out for town and to get you and Jim Laramie. He's out of his head, you see. Did they see you, Bradley? interrupted laramie never seen me jim did barb hit either of them asked laramie tain't likely he only got in one shot when they seen him wiggling on the ground all doubled up you know jim they jumped their horses and put across the creek for a moment kate's suppressed sobs broke the silence laramie held her in his arm he promised her he would get her right out to her father as soon as he could take measures for pursuit. When the other men questioned Bradley, Laramie listened. He urged Kate to go inside with Bell, but she begged to stay. I won't cry, Jim, she pleaded in a whisper. I must stay. Let me stay. He placed her in a chair. Bell, schooled in silence during such moments, stood beside her laramie placing himself near kate half sat on the edge of the porch floor one foot resting on the ground and the other curled under lefevre facing him sat on the end of the porch steps while saudy stood with the horses mcalpin had hurried over to the barn to get kitchen and telephoned tennyson to come down there's two ways they can get out said laramie casting up the situation with his companions one is across the falling wall and over the reservation if they've gone that way they've got a start but they're easy to trail the other way would be to strike east or west for the railroad that's the big gamble it's the easiest to play and the worst if they lose they may separate by godfrey jim don't let em get away exclaimed bell fearfully and there's one more angle remarked laramie they may show up right here and try to bluff it out Sawdie shook his head against that idea lefevre supported him laramie did not urge the view van Horn plays cards different from everybody else was all he said kitchen drove up and tennyson was in the buggy with him what help might be had from the sheriff's office was put in tennyson's hands to manage The railroad men were warned across the division. Outgoing train crews were notified, and the engine men told what to do if stopped. Saudi and Lefevre were directed to strike for the falling wall and watch the reservation trails, while Laramie, with Kate, was to ride straight to the ranch and pick up the trail across the creek. The news of the shooting of Barb Doubleday filled the corners of Main Street with little knots of men eager to hear all that was known and to be first to catch what might come. Women sometimes stopped to listen, and men making ready to ride the northern trails supplied clattering in the streets for every moment and added to the tense scene. The chances for the escape of Van Horn and Stone were canvassed among critics and listeners and with almost as much insight as they had been cast up in the war council at bells the men that might be expected to give battle if they encountered the fugitives were watched for and every time they rode past the manoeuvring and fighting abilities of each were speculated on with surprising accuracy records were recalled and inferences drawn as to the possibilities now ahead the picture of the busy street constantly renewed and dissolved changed fast lefevre and saudi together were the first to clear for the long ride kitchen strapping on for the first time in years a well-cared-for colt's revolver got fresh ammunition and throwing himself on a good horse rode for where he had sworn he would never appear again the doubleday ranch to get the cowboys started at poking out the hiding places along the creek. McCalpin, with much ado, enlisted every man with any sort of a claim to being a tracker. And this included pretty much every loafer interested in a drink or a fight. He assembled a noisy crew at the barn and dispatched them singly with orders to scatter and watch the trail points outlying the town. But birds of this feather were hard to keep scattered. Urged both by prudential and social reasons, they tended continuously to flock together. They kept the barn boss busy by riding back furiously in bunches to report nobody seen, to ask for further orders, and to get a drink before re-establishing a patrol. Knowing the value of every moment in a long chase, and working with all possible haste, Laramie had to throw out his dragnet carefully before he could get away himself. He had told Kate to prepare at Bell's for a hard ride, and he would get her to the ranch. With every minute lingering like an hour, both women, nervously expectant, waited, talked, and watched for Laramie's return. End of chapter 40